Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Come on, come on, let's stick together. You know we made a vow to leave one another. Go. It is great to be with you on a Monday morning. A new week starts on Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy here on the Home of Sport, SEN. 11.70am here in Sydney and for the first hour we welcome you listening on SENQ 6.93am in Brisbane. Of course Patton Hills will be along from 6am Queensland time. If you're listening anywhere on the SEN app we really appreciate your company. In fact this morning we'd just love to hear from you. Start the week with, with just a chat. Just come on the open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 or hop on the text line zero four five seven. 736736. Of course, if you're listening belatedly on the podcast, thank you again for tuning in and picking up the best bits, probably. You're fast-forwarding through the stuff you don't want. and Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, we have a terrific show today. Special guest. I mean, we've got good guests always, but uh, we have uh, absolute top shelf today. Ricky Ponting will be coming on the program a little later. Uh, there's plenty of cricket about. Uh, England, India, you would have listened to on SEN over the weekend. Bit of um, uh, bit of a disappointment, it must be said, for England. Absolutely wiped by India and a you know, monumental collapse in the first innings. Lost their last eight for 95 and then dismissed very cheaply in their second while India piled up the runs. But we've also got Australia over New Zealand. That all gets underway on Wednesday. So... Uh, a bit happening there in shield matches right around the country as well. Some some decent headlines there. Will Pekovsky getting 100 against New South Wales. Welcome back, Will. Uh, Brandy will be with us shortly. He got called away at the last moment. I, I think it must be a Penrith board meeting. We've got all sorts of dramas this morning. Uh, Lieutenant Dan, he's at home waiting for a couch to be delivered. That's an extraordinary story. We need to uh, unpack that this morning. Um Couch, whoever the people were delivering, didn't turn up on Saturday and yet could pass on information Saturday afternoon that the couch would come between 7 and 10 on a Monday morning holding a gun to his head. So he's being held hostage at home while waiting for a couch. That's a good one. Uh, you can talk about that, one 1170 and, and, you know, we've got the trooper Charlie. Uh, Charlie pedalling. Charlie, well done, mate. You've, you're doing it all today. I mean, who would have thought that we'd lean so heavily on Charlie Good, sir. What's up, Charlie? How are you, Charlie? Yes, good morning, Vossi. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm fine. No, I'm just saying <laughs> that you've 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 almost graduated with honours this morning. You've you've done tradies. Um, you're panelling the show. You're, you're you're cutting up clips. You're serving. Oh, you're multitasking like I wouldn't believe this morning. You've done a terrific job. Um, thank you, Charlie. Thank you for that first you're welcome. touch. Now, rugby league preseason challenge. We're going to talk about that obviously this morning. Um, Charlie talked about it on. On uh, on tradies, I mean, how how much do you read into it? You guys will know Nathan Brooks, Brooksy, from the run home with Joel and Fletch. He absolutely rode off the dragons after the charity shield on Saturday night. Brandy now with us from that Panthers uh, board meeting. 
uh, will be coming on to talk about the games that he covered with Fox League over the weekend. And do you tell you what, it's it's hard to watch everything when you don't just have the eight trials and you have the all-stars thrown in as well. And every other bit of sport that you want to watch, Brandy, did you fit it all in over the weekend? Andrew, gee, it's good to be on. Yes, it is good really day. good. You, you know what I was doing? I was waiting for a couch to be delivered. There was yeah, a, there's a right. nice couch. couch. Yeah, nice couch. Me. I thought it was board meeting for you, Dan waiting for couch. Yes, and, yes. And Charlie's with us. I mean, it's, it's a strange um, world. Uh, great to have the game back, isn't it? Rugby league up and running over the weekend. Uh, we had the the All Stars, and and I miss Friday. I I, I miss the Thursday night. The, you know the chat about Thursday night, which was yep. you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our takeouts from the first weekend. Um, and uh, boy, the the dogs. But it's it's week one of the trials. Let's not jump Correct. to any massive conclusions. Correct. Let's let's all just. You know, I don't know whether anything was confirmed or or made me rethink what I was previously thinking after the weekend of games. 20-minute games, 20-minute quarters, uh, sides very uneven at times. And, and, you know, we had different attitudes. Because of Vegas, we had clubs throwing out their big guns. We had that yesterday with Brisbane. The Roosters played their big, all their big players. Um and then some teams played like the Cowboys yesterday. Played thirteen players that had never played first grade before. So yeah. completely different levels of quality over the weekend. Uh, but that that doesn't take away anything, uh, you know, from anything that that happened individually. Uh, you know, if you're going to be specific, I think you can say, well, you know, this player looks like he's in for a good year. Um, but in terms of teams, uh, yeah, keep your powder dry. Oh, I, I, yes, or are you ready? Takes... Are you ready to double down on someone? Oh no, no! I just loved. I, I loved watching Roger Tuivasa-Shek yesterday. Just a few oh, yes. things. I mean, strong, strong, yep. like physically strong. I think. Um, yeah, so good to have him back in rugby league. The Warriors going to be better for it. Uh, yeah, but but I won't go into chapter and verse into all mm. the detail. I think we need to get to one of the big sporting stories of the weekend, and it's got to do with the Mankini. It's, it's got me asking a lot of questions. Look, we will take your calls and texts on the uh, Rugby League preseason, but this story around the Australian equestrian star Shane Rose, I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about this. I reckon a lot of people have never heard of Shane Rose, and now he gets referred to as Australian equestrian star. He's been to three Olympic Games. So now, I, don't, I, don't think it, that, I think that warrants a star okay. rating. Three, oh, yeah, three no, but I mean, games. But, yeah, but, mm. but who knows? No one knows. Shane, Shane Rose. I, I no. could almost say Shane Rose could walk through here now in a mankini and we wouldn't know who he is, but the fact is he is the we, man we would in the now. mankini. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So the Southern Highlands, not known for its mankini wearing. It's not really a place. But anyway, he went to the uh, show jumping, it was called the Wallaby Hill Extravaganza in the Southern Highlands last weekend, previous weekend. And I don't know. Um, they had a dress-up day, it seems. And I know what your thoughts on dress-ups, Brandy. And he, was, you know, some wore a, a gorilla suit. Another person wore a Duffman beer suit. And, oh, in fact, he wore all those. Sorry, he, had, he was the king of the dress-ups. He, he wore all them himself. So one time he came out riding in a gorilla suit. Yeah. Then he came out in the Duffman beer suit. And then he wore the mankini. You know, the G-string swimsuit made famous by Borat. Um, now, they're saying that this offended people. Now, what what world are we living in at a fancy dress? Would people actually be offended? 
We've got some strange people out there, Andrew. So uh, is that offensive? Well, no, I, I wouldn't think so. Bad taste, yes, uh, but it is a well. It's a, it's a pretty bad mix, isn't it? An equestrian event okay. and also a dress up. Right. Uh, combine the two, you, you get you get something pretty ordinary. So I'm 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 thinking mankini on a horse uh, is bad taste. <laughs> okay, but right. but not enough yeah. to be not not enough to warrant an inquiry where yeah. he's now he's now waiting on the results of the inquiry. Uh, so he can compete, and they compete throughout the year leading up to the Olympics. They accumulate points. It's not like they go to a event where they then uh, qualify for the Olympic team. They, they accumulate points. Now, if this t- drags out and takes any longer than a day or two, well, it'll be, it, it will affect what he's trying to do f- for the Olympics this year. We have people that complain about everything. Mm. So no surprise to see someone complain about it, mm. uh, but surely they just sweep this away and say, but well, surely n- sense nothing of humor. to see. Sense of humour has to prevail. I'll read from the article, the sight of Rose wearing a mankini going over jumps in front of a crowd where children were present was enough to prompt a complaint to Equestrian Australia and Sports Integrity Australia. Like, fancy... Like, Again, like you've said, okay, bad taste, but fancy actually writing it down, like actually filing the complaint and, or complaints, how many there were. EA Chief Executive Darren Gocher said the complaint prompted an internal disciplinary process. So was it actually just one complaint? I think Was it, it just was. one person? One person complained and he could miss the Olympics. Mankini just... scandal, equestrian. Put it on the front page. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, next question, because mm. our audience probably might not want to buy into the equestrian drama or come up with a headline for it if you could. But where do you actually buy Mankini? I, do you walk through David Jones and there's a Mankini stand there? Or like, have you ever seen a Mankini for sale? I haven't really thought about it, where you no. would buy one. But And, and, no. and, and having not shopped for a long time now. But, but walk through <laughs> shops. But that, yeah, you've, you've, you know, like, you've dropped out uh, of shopping. You've reached that point yeah, of life where you don't shop. Yeah. yeah, well, they just don't buy clothes. So it, I don't know where you'd buy a mankini. I would say in the underwear section, yeah, of a big department store would sell a mankini. Well, I'm saying they don't. Right. I'm saying that's absolute bunkum. That's cap, well, what, what you've well, just what come up with there, that then? a big department store underwear segment. Do you, do you reckon you have, do you, do you have to uh, online? So you're saying well, you can only oh, get yeah, one online? Google, Google everything online. But I'm, mm. I just wondered if there's a shop. I, and I think it's absolutely crap say, that you've said the no, I th- I underwear th- section. I think you can get one in the underwear yeah. section. Mm. Okay. Well, um, anyone out there, anyone out there, any mankini wearers out there could oh fill us in and just educate the lot of us. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's Let's talk mankinis on the open line first up. Do you, do you think our, our audience, do you think there's a mankini wearer? Amongst our audience, oh, I could. Well, well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm I, gonna talk I, about do you want me something. to answer that? Do you want me to answer that? <laughs> well, just I reckon. I reckon, reckon there the, is. I reckon the reptile yeah. is a mankini wearer. <laughs> I'm gonna flush this guy out once and for all. He's had plenty to say about me over the years. I reckon the reptile is a mankini wearer. Mm. But. Uh, yeah, Muzzers come straight through on the text. G'day, fellas. With the mankini story, I'm really concerned. Wonder what the horses thought, and were they consulted over the complaint? Yeah, Muzza, good question. Solid. Just, just, uh, just back to the mankini, and and you know, if anyone was offended by it, just 
just what does a mankini do in terms of the tackle? Does it hold it all in, or does it is? Brandy, what? are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's oh, on the horse. I horseback. think that's a reasonable question. Well, it wouldn't be like the full-on jodper, would it? The jodpers are are, are, are lined and designed, I guess, to hold the junk. Mm. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how we're getting right. on this topic, but <laughs> the mankini was not, I guess, designed in the essential areas to be mm. worn on the back of a horse that would be no. jumping over things. So are you saying the Jats crackers could lob out at some point well, and just drop know, out and the side? Well, that, <laughs> well that's I'm a problem. They could. Yeah. yeah, now that's a problem. That that would be a problem with the kids not watching. Re- yeah, not no. really knowing and not, not no. uh, really no. haven't observed a mankini up close to know whether or not it would, uh, as you said, hold the junk in. Um, talking about what Ooh. our listeners, what we think our listeners would, yeah. would be involved in, yeah. something that I heard over the weekend... And, and yes. I thought, does anyone actually do it? I heard an ad for a, and I was listening to SEN, um, so apologies to the uh, the advertiser, but I was listening, non-alcoholic spirits. So, and it made me think, non-alcoholic spirit. So you would buy non you would then buy a mixer with it. You'd buy the spirit, then you buy some tonic, maybe, mm. and mm. or or Coke or mm. lemonade. And you would mix it with the non-alcoholic spirit to have a drink. Is there anyone? And I understand the non-alcoholic beer because, uh, and I, not that I've ever tasted one, but if there's uh, a, if the non-alcoholic beer tastes like a beer, and people enjoy the taste of a beer, I can, I can, I get the non-alcoholic beer, but uh, the non-alcoholic spirit. Right. That's what's got you. I'm with you. I'm, I'm what I'm seeing have now ever, is this. Have you well, tasted any non-alcoholic drinks that are marketed as beer or spirits? Have you tried? No. Look, the, the answer is probably no. That's no. where we are leaning on the text line and the open line here to discuss. But Brandy's alcohol segment uh, needs a sponsor probably every Monday. We learnt last Monday and, and now we're into it again this week. Spice is this going to become a regular thing on the program that every week we talk drinks? Well, it could be if we if we want yeah. to go down that line. I'm I'm happy to, but yeah. uh, the non-alcoholic uh, bit just got me over the weekend oh, wondering oh, I, who drinks them. Oh, do the they, reptile. What do they taste like? The reptile the drinks reptile. non-alcoholic spirits. He can double up here. In his mankini, Re- drinks non-alcoholic spirits. Pretty right. sure of it. Mm. Pretty sure of it. Um, we've got, we're counting down to Vegas. That's bad news. Uh, Dom Young is out of Vegas. A ligament injury because of that crusher tackle. Um, interesting point raised by a number of people. The Warriors-Tigers game yesterday had a send-off early in the piece. What's the point of the trial? Do you think Do you think almost a gentleman's agreement could have been reached? Benji Marshall goes to the Warriors and say, you can replace him because I want to play 13? Or not? Would you ever... Uh, is that... No? Well, well, apparently there was a little bit of chat on, on, on one of the socials about mm. that. And someone said, well, wh- why don't they just replace the player? Why, why do the Warriors yeah. need to play yeah. with 12 for such a long period? Uh, but the fact that there's prize money up for grabs. Yeah, prize uh, money. Yeah. Yeah, points. I know, yeah. I know. But are you seeing that? Are you, like the, oh, yeah, but it's not. I, I would say uh, my, my, my answer to it would be, yes, replace him. Play oh, certainly. Ten min- t- he gets 10 in the bin. They play well, the just 10, and then, yeah. and then he gets replaced. You know, so something like that. Over in the Super League, they've had a mad weekend. The first weekend, they're blowing up the Lux. Four send-offs. They only had four send-offs in all of last year. First round this year, they've had four send-offs and nine sin bins. 
in their first round of matches. Uh, anything you want to talk about on this Monday morning, let's do it right here. The Home of Sport, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The guests again, Ricky Ponding. I didn't mention Andy Harper. Andy would be up early getting his hair done, toes and everything gets ready to come on the program. Michelle Bishop will cover lots of sport. Uh, Brandy's drink segment, of course, is now part and parcel of, uh, part and parcel of the show. Uh, excuses you use to get out of work, uh, let us know. We'll talk about that. We'll talk Mankini's. And we're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. Remember this show, all about you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 the open line, and the text line 0457-736-736. Home of Sport, SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney. Vanessa, thank you. And remember, if any news breaks around Sydney each morning, we'll break it from sport to tell you first. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building Australia together. Here are some of the sports headlines of the morning. The Sydney Kings have managed to clinch a final spot in the NBL after destroying a depleted southeast Melbourne Phoenix. 122-67. to 67. Boy, they smashed them. It was their biggest winning margin in franchise history. How depleted were the Phoenix? They must oh, have... Season gone. Season blokes? gone. Bottom of the table... Yeah, all, all gone. Uh, so that means the Kings, if they are to win, it is a little unlikely, but it's all sudden death from here. So they go into the finals in a sudden death situation Wednesday week when they take on uh, the New Zealand Breakers. The Hawks have that little little buffer uh, when they play the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers and the top two teams get uh, next weekend or get, they get a couple of weeks off, in fact, before they appear in the finals. Now, the cricket in uh, India, SEN coverage over the weekend, fantastic service. Um, their biggest win in Test cricket by runs. They dismissed England for 122 in the second innings in their pursuit of the unlikely target of 557. Down the track again goes Mark Wood, and this time doesn't clear the fielder, and it's quite fitting that it's the double centurion who will help Jadeja take his fifth wicket for the innings. Jezwal with the catch, Jadeja with the wicket, Wood goes for 33, England bowled out for 122, and India have absolutely walloped their visitors. They've won the third test match by 434 runs to go 2-1 up with two to play. Uh, and if you thought that was a big win, the Australian women's cricket side secured victory in the multi-format series against South Africa after crushing the Proteas by innings and 284 runs inside three days in Perth. They played in some tough conditions. Uh, it was 43, I think, on day two over there. Like, it was really hot in Perth. Uh, Ricky Ponting will be our special guest later in the show. So lots of cricket to talk about there with Ricky. And just on the A-League, if you're not aware, um, three Sydney teams up in the uh, top six sides at the moment. Sydney FC, their unbeaten streak is now five games after a 2-1 win over Adelaide United. They're fifth on the ladder behind Wellington, Central Coast, MacArthur FC and Melbourne victory. The Wanderers are sixth. They went down to the Mariners uh, 1-0 yesterday. More with Andy Harper after 8 o'clock uh, this morning. Um, certainly the A-League. It's a, it's a charge of the light brigade. But, you know, Sydney FC have got things right. There's no question of that. And uh, the other teams and, and the Central Coast Mariners are just doing, you know, famously really on the back of their mm. championship success last year. Now, Brandy, being a Monday... Who needs to pull up their socks after the weekend? It's all thanks to All Day Socks by Underworks. Comfiest ever socks for that new sock feeling wash after wash after wash. Any nominations? 
Uh, well, it's, well, it's got to be what we've been talking about. The, the Anyone involved in uh, Equestrian Australia that is thinking of an inquiry, uh, re Shane Rose. Mm. Uh, pull up your socks. Nice, nice. I'm going to give Jordan Spieth a little touch-up. I mean, just oh. in a sport where there's, oh, there's millions oh. of dollars of prize money mm. up for grabs. And What's after the second done? round, he makes the cut. But he signed an incorrect card. He oh. put himself down for a par when he had actually had a bogey on the par three in, in round two. So a professional sport, you know, like attention to that, signed a wrong card. Shouldn't happen, mm. should it? Anyway, it he does. cost himself. And he missed, it, it, yeah, he gets disqualified out. Would have made the yeah. cut, misses the cut. There we go. Jordan happen, Spieth, pull up your socks. Happen more regular, but more than you you'd think it would happen. But it does happen, doesn't it? You you, yeah. you do hear that. Um, yes. So there's our pull up our socks nominations. Uh, there's a nomination sure for us. Plenty. Oh, there's a nomination for us. I think Simo from Balmain. Yes, Where lads. Roger Tuvasashek, another rugby league superstar that couldn't make it in rugby. How many <laughs> success stories is that over the last fifteen years? Maybe bench warmer Sonny Bill Williams. Sniping at rugby is a constant with rugby league commentators. You guys can't help yourself. Insecurities galore. Yeah, Thank well, you, let me, Simo let me, from Balmain. Okay. Thanks, Simo. Uh, I'll double down on uh, <laughs> that little t- bit of uh, information I bought you, and I, I, I remembered it wrongly. So, And you wouldn't believe who's posted this. Uh, Nathan Brooks, uh, number one Dragons fan, Nathan Brooks from SEN. Uh, RTS meters in 50 minutes of trial v Tigers, 114. RTS in 18 games with the Blues rugby team, 113. 18. Okay. 18. <laughs> Not just eight. I, I said 18. Eight. 18. Simo, come back. Come back at us. Uh, we want your nominations. Send them through right now on the text line, 0457 736 736. We'll get them in just a moment. We are here for Brighton's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. There we go. Oh, there might have been one. They always missed it. Ricky Ponting has uh, managed to get through for the single he needed. Back for the second. So there is a century. A really good captain's knock. He becomes the sixth batsman to score 100 in his 100th test match. And it's his 400 this season. He may have scored two in that 100th test, but who's counting? Uh, the great Ricky Ponting. This is a real pleasure to have online. Ricky probably thinks he's coming on the program to talk cricket, and there's so much of it. Wash up to the Windy Series, the retirement of Dave Warner, Steve Smith to opener, the start of New Zealand. Uh, his position as the Washington Freedom Coach in the US. But we're going to talk golf first up with Ricky Ponting. Ricky, welcome to Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? No, really well. We, we, we might get you off guard on this one. We had a great text this morning. Over the weekend, Jordan Spieth, the American, got disqualified for signing an incorrect card. And one of our uh, great uh, listeners tuned in, Panther Pete, said, why in the sport of golf do players still have to keep their score with a pencil? I mean, and I said, well, that's true. Cricketers don't have to keep their score. Why, why do you think golf still has this process that the player has to write his own score down when the television coverage is there it's a $100 million sport every event. Um, what's your thoughts? Well, you are right. You've caught me off guard there. I didn't think I'd be answering <laughs> that question first up, up this morning. But I, I think it's just something to do with the, the etiquette and the, um, you know, everything that goes with the game. You know, like keeping your, you know, actually almost dobbing yourself in if you, you know, if you move your ball in the rough or if you mark it incorrectly on the green. Or, you know, all these sort of things that happen to have to happen around the game of golf, I guess it's just part of it where you've actually got to keep the scorecard and the pencil in your back pocket and, and keep yes. your, your score on yeah. the way around. But it's, um, yeah, it is. I mean, it's 
if you think of it that way, it's a, it is yeah, quite an, right. an archaic law still, isn't it, really, where, you know, there, there's, and there are actually scorers walking around with you as well, Voss. You know when you go around to these golf golf events, there are, there are scorers That's and markers right. walking yeah. around kicking on each group anyway. So yeah. it, is a bit, it is a bit strange. And I guess when something like this happens, Jack, you actually feel for the player involved as well. No, no one's using a shoe wedge in professional golf. Put it that way. No one's getting away with anything <laughs> like that out of the rough. Uh, Ricky, just to close off our golf chat, um, what are you off these days? Because it's always been a love of yours and you've been very good. If we took you out today, what are you putting down on your card as the handicap? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm off two at the moment. Um, and actually got a big a big couple of weeks coming up. I've got uh, I've got the New Zealand Open coming up. Um, leave next Monday, actually, to go over to, to Queenstown and play in that event, which I've been lucky enough to play in maybe five or six times um, previous. I haven't played since COVID, but I'm um, looking forward to getting back over, uh, yeah, as I said, next week and competing in a professional tournament. Obviously, it's a, a pro-am and you get you get paired up with a pro and, and off you go for the first couple of days. If you're good enough, you make it through to the to, to the weekend, make the cut and get through to the weekend. So, um, yeah, I've got a bit of practice to do in this coming week to make sure I'm ready to go for, for that event. What is the difference, Ricky, lining up wherever you're a, a, a member at? Where are you a member at uh, in Melbourne? And, and then playing in a pro tournament. The difference in terms of nerves um, when you're not a professional golfer. Yeah, so I play at uh, Peninsula Kingswood and Metropolitan, the two clubs that I've joined since I've, uh, since I've been in Melbourne. Both uh, very, very good golf, uh, golf courses and great, and great clubs to be to be a, a member of. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is completely different. You tee it up with your mates on a, on a on a Wednesday morning or something at your local club, or just a, you know, even if it's in a just a, a competition around at your local club. But when you get to a, a pro event and you've got you know the fairways aligned with people, you have got people standing around the tee box, you're sort of out of your comfort zone as such. I mean, when we, if it was at a, a game of cricket and I had a, a, you know twenty thousand people standing around me, it, it wouldn't have mattered at all. It was just part and parcel of what you do. But when you're out of your comfort zone and you're doing something, it's a little bit foreign to you the nerves certainly do um kick in kick in a little bit and it's it's but it's actually a, a really really good feeling it's you know you to get that those sort of competitive juices going again which i haven't experienced since i, I, I finished playing um cricket really it, it's it, it's nice to be involved in that sort of environment again uh, now we've just heard audio uh, as we introduced you of your century in your 100th test uh, vossi said well what well, happened in both innings uh we've been talking about your record uh about steve smith current player and his record can you remember, uh, I, I was in, your three best innings, uh, including one in, including one day in test? Wow. Yeah. Um, I think whenever I get asked that, I, I normally always go back to the first time I did it. And like, until you've made your first ever test match 100, you're not quite sure if you're good enough to actually to be there and if you're good enough to, you know, to become a long-term international player. So I'd probably put my first test 100 um, Against England and Headingley in, in 1997, that'd be that'd be one of them. Um, probably 156 I made in the 2005 Ashes, albeit in a in a drawn game. I batted for almost the whole last day, uh, well last day and a bit actually. I think I got out with about two overs to go um, to hold on for a draw against England in, in 2005, which is one that I'm probably most proud of. And then. I guess to throw a one-day one in there, probably be the 140 not out yes. in the World Cup final in 2003 at Johannesburg as a, you know, captain of the captain of the team and a relatively young captain as well to sort of stand up on the biggest stage and make a you know, probably what was probably then my best ever one-day innings, um, which was ended up being good enough for us to win the World Cup was a pretty special moment as well. So um, once again, being put on the spot a little bit, uh, they'd be three of the, the innings that I'm sort of most proud of. I was thinking, would you like to go back and play your first Test again? Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and go back. I, I wouldn't. I, I would. 
Yeah, I would like the RS to be around in my first test. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, now, Ricky, we got. By the way, we're going to play fast money with you because we asked our everyone to text in their questions for you, and there's some interesting questions coming in. But we'll stay on the straight and narrow for the moment in relation to cricket. Um, let's let's start with Steve Smith moving to opener. What are your thoughts? What were your thoughts before? And now we're a few tests in. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, I I didn't agree with that at the time. I mean, I was on. You know, I was on record as saying I felt that the selectors had an opportunity to pick the best-performed opening batsman in the country for the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously, when I said that, I didn't know the direction that the team was going to go. I had no idea that that's, uh, that Steve had put his hand up and wanted to go up the top of the order. So I, I at the time, was pushing for Cameron Bancroft to get an opportunity. He, he scored a lot of runs in first-class cricket in Australia and in, in England. I think he's averaging about 55 um, in first-class cricket the last two years. Um, and has obviously played... Test cricket reasonably well um, only a couple of years ago, so I thought they that was the way I thought um, they might go. But with Stephen putting his hand up and wanting to get up the top, I mean you can't argue with with that. I mean he he'll he'll score runs wherever he bats, and and he's on record saying he actually thinks it might be easier for him to score runs now opening the batting than it is at number four because of the way opposition bowlers um, are bowling at him. You know they've they've been bowling a lot of short stuff at him when he when he first comes to the crease at number four and then moving up to the top, he, he feels that they won't be able to bowl as much short stuff early on because they want to make um, the most of that, of that new ball. So, um, you know, I think he averages over 60. I know he's only done a couple of test matches, but I think he averages over 60 now at the top of the order, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to maintain something similar um, to the end of his career. Um, but with but there's some tough challenges coming up. You know, New Zealand over there won't be easy. They, they generally... Um, provide wickets over there and surfaces over there that do suit their bowlers, which are, are very swing and seam friendly conditions. And then we've got India in Australia next summer and obviously the Ashes the summer after. So um, there's some challenges coming up from this Australian team, but you know, whatever challenges have been thrown Steve Smith's way through the years, he's found a way to, to combat most of them. Okay. With Steve Smith moving up to the top, uh, Cameron Green comes in. Uh, is Cameron Green going to be as good as what everyone's talking about? Well, let's hope he is because I think they've, you know, the, this selection in itself is, is was all about getting Cameron Green back into the side, yes. wasn't it? They they had to mm. they had they just had to make room to, to bring him back in, um, you know. And with that, I wasn't a I wasn't a believer in that either. You know, he went out of the side um, in England with a little minor hamstring strain, which provided an opportunity for Mitchell Marsh to get back into the side. And Mitchell Marsh has grabbed that opportunity with with both hands, you know, and, and played brilliantly across all three formats um, since he's been back in the lineup. So. Um, yeah, look, I, they, there is a really strong belief that he's a he's a once in a generation type player, Cameron Green, with with bat, ball, and and actually in the field, he's he's probably Australia's best catcher already. You know, in the gully area, there he's he's, he's taken some unbelievable catches. I think he's he's still got a bit of work to do on his on his batting and the tempo of putting a, a test match innings together. At, at times, to me, it, it doesn't he doesn't seem to understand the, the the right flow and tempo of his own batting to get into a test match innings, but. I guess that's probably why they brought him back now, is to get him back in as early as they can and, and let him work it, work it out as quickly as he can with these big series that I was talking about coming up. You know, India next summer will be a huge a huge test series and then the Ashes the one after. So maybe they're just trying to get as, much, as many games into him with those big series in mind. All right, we'll throw another name at you. Matt Renshaw, for the moment, the runs have dried up. Have we, in your opinion, have we seen the best of Matt Renshaw or is the best still to come? Should we continue to invest time in Matt Renshaw? Yeah, well, once again, I, mean, I think when 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 he was picked back into that to that squad, he's 
obviously been picked as the, the sort of jack of all trades batsman, hasn't he? Someone that can open the batting and someone that can bat in the middle order. Whereas, you know, I, that, I was surprised when they went with him, um, in adding him into the squad when Smith moved up and, and ahead of ahead of Bancroft. But uh, look, I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Um, you know, he, he has made Test match hundreds. We we know that he sort of burst onto the scene, you know, four or five years ago. I remember him making a, a fantastic hundred against Pakistan. I reckon it was at the at the SCG. Um, his game has developed, um, no doubt about it. Um, but you know, batting up at the Gabba every second Sheffield Shield game is not an easy place to bat either. You, you know, if you end up having a really strong record um, batting in the top order up in Brisbane, then you you are a very good player. So. Without, without any of these guys, I mean, I, I just wish the best for all of them. Whichever way the selectors decide to go, you know, they, that's, their, that's their job to, to put the best players um, in the Australian squads and put the best players on the park, and um, they'll back these guys in. So, you know, if, if Matt Renshaw does get another crack, hopefully he has some great success for Australia. Uh, Ricky, you were announced as the new head coach of the Washington Freedom uh, in the States uh, on a two-year deal. What can you tell us about cricket in America, or, or are you still finding out about it too? Uh, no, well, even when I was playing, Brandy, there was... Uh, I know Cricket Australia back then uh, had a look around the, that, that sort of American market. And so I'm talking 15, 18 years ago. And, and the game then was played in over 600 schools around the US. So it, it was a big game back then. Um, and, it's, and it's only going to grow. We, we talked with you know, a tournament like the, the MLC that, that sort of kicked off last year. I, I spoke to a lot of people that were involved in, in the tournament last year. Uh, everyone had a great time, had a great experience. Um, and I wanted to get involved really early because I think there's a great opportunity for this um, for this tournament to, to grow incredibly quickly over the next two or three years. Um, I think as part of the franchise model that has been set up, I think each team has a responsibility to actually build their own stadium over the next couple of years as well. So, And with that, I think there'll be extra teams added maybe in the next two or three years. So um, no, I think it's a, a really exciting time for me to be involved in it now, to be involved in it with... The, the Washington Freedom, which is a team that's obviously run by Cricket New South Wales, um, so we'll we'll have a we'll have quite a few Australian players and coaches ar- around that setup. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to do it. I, I mentioned earlier about just having that little bit of competition back in your life again. Well, when you're not playing, um, coaching sort of gets you as close to, to you possibly can as as playing the game again. And you know, I've, obviously I've been at the IPL the last seven or eight years and had a lot of fun, a lot of success over there. And hopefully we can we can do the same thing and bring some, some success to the Washington Freedom and help grow that tournament as quickly as possible. All right, we'll hop on the Washington Freedom bus. Uh, we're, 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 on, we're in your camp. Just some of the texts, great, always colourful. Um, this one from Rooster Band, is even a question. I caught a plane with Ricky maybe five years ago. I decided just to leave him be. Alone, no selfie, just wanted to leave him alone, but just... So thank you for that text, uh, Rooster Man. Dane also comments on your test debut, that getting out for 96. The ball would have cleared another set of stumps. Um, you stand by that, Ricky, would have missed another set. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, wish DR, I wish the DRS was around back then, yeah. I think I would have been using one yeah. up on that occasion. Uh, here's one, boys. I'm in Wellington, New Zealand. If Ricky is coming over for the test or T20, I would love to take him out for a hit of golf at Royal Wellington. Pass on my number. Are you heading across? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, that, the New Zealand Open that I was talking about is actually the same week as the first test. So, um, unfortunately for that, uh, whoever's texting then, I'll be playing in the New Zealand Open and won't be able to make it to Royal Wellington. Uh, boys, can you ask Ricky who does he follow in the NRL? Have you ever had a, an attachment with an NRL club, Ricky? I have. I actually lived in the Shire for, for nearly ten years, um, so it was quite regularly go down and watch the Sharks. Um, I had a, a lot of my mates that played at Cronulla Golf Club were, were Sharks fans, so um, we quite often get down there. So 
uh, definitely, definitely now, if I've got a soft spot for anyone, it's, it's definitely the, um, the boys from the Shire. Okay. Uh, morning, boys. Make sure you ask Ricky about his greyhounds. And has he got a tip, says Jimmy. <laughs> yes. Good way to finish. Um, yeah, I've still, I still am um, racing greyhounds. Not as many uh, now as I probably did 10 or 15 years ago. Um, but still got a great passion for them. Actually, I've got one in, I've got one in this afternoon or tonight, I think, um, racing over here in, in Melbourne, a dog called Power Innings, which will be pretty hard to beat. Drawn box eight today. I can't tell you the race or... Uh, time but I, I know i got a notification the other day saying that he's racing this afternoon so anyone power out there listening have a, have a look through the form guys power innings yep which should be All hard right. to beat. we have covered some territory with you ricky we really appreciate your time on the program plenty happening in your life in the short term we're going to follow your progress in the golf mate all the very best and thanks for coming on the program no my pleasure boys how good. Ricky Ponting, one of the best ever, and as we say, living a very interesting life. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's Lawyers. A bit of unpacking from the weekend in the Rugby League preseason uh, challenge. And of course, we had the All-Stars as well, Brandy, which you worked on in the folly coverage. I went out and saw the Bulldogs firsthand last Thursday night, was at the uh, Dragons game, and I've basically taken in every other match. I mean, it's very hard. You're walking around. I did probably I probably did more watching on my phone than I've ever done in my life. So wherever I was, the phone's there with the rugby league on, boom, when you're sitting at dinner, the whole thing um, there. I'll give you... We'll go one for one on the takeouts. Now, okay. from the Warriors-Tigers game, and I know the Warriors lost, uh, but I'm going to say the Warriors' depth. I'm, I'm contemplating putting them in as a top four side this year. Um, the Warriors, cementing what they did last year. I think they have depth. I, gee, I think they've got some good young talent. And the thing I like about I think they're a bit tougher. To me, you know, they defend... I know they were playing the Tigers, but they only had 12 men. I thought they defended some really good periods here yesterday. I think the Warriors have depth now. I think... I think it won't be a false dawn last year, Brandy. I think they can build on what they did last year and actually be better. So there's my first takeout. Warriors to improve on last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I read so much about the Bulldogs over the off season. I read and I read about Gus and what he's been doing with the juniors, uh, and caught up even via my wife's social media to just follow Gus and his chat about what he's doing with this club. Now, when yes. I watched the Bulldogs on Thursday night, and I didn't get a chance because I Friday is my um, audio. I didn't get a chance to say how impressive I thought the dogs were. Um, there's some selection headaches for Cameron Serraldo with mm. who he plays in the halves. But the youngsters, and, and I know this is a picture to the future, but boy, they were impressive. Uh, a Agreed. whole host of them. Joseph O'Neill, uh, Joash Papali, uh, who, I've, who I watched a fair bit of play uh, SG Ball last year. Well, they're, they're, they're very good. Um, and all the chat about the juniors and what Gus has been doing, well, it was confirmed on Thursday night because that was good, my takeout. Good takeout. Now, I'll give you one on from South Sydney Dragons. South Sydney front row rotation. Um, Thomas Burgess is there. Tavita Totola. Sean Kepi looks like a really good signing. He looks really good fit. Good boy. Um, and, and, and size. I mean, he has size. And then you're throwing Davey Moali off the bench. Look, much improved. Has obviously had another really good off-season. Already played 31 NRL games. They have a very good front-row rotation. And the key to South City's best football is just, you know, bang, bang, bang. Damien Cook running off quick, play the balls where they, you know, get over the advantage line. 
Cody Walker steps in, does his thing, and Latrell Mitchell. I mean, it's as simple as that, South Sydney's plan. So I looked at their front row rotation, really good foundation for South Sydney success, and I had a question mark on them. So then you throw a Jack White into the mix as well. Rabbitohs, you would think, bounce back from a very disappointing last year. I would think so too. I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and Tavita Totola had a, a tough year injury-wise, missed a, a fair bit of footy. Sean Kepi, I agree with you, is a terrific buy. I, I think he's mm. very big, he's mobile. Uh, my other takeout, Andrew, was uh, surrounding the Broncos, uh, who have mm. lost a host of players um, and, and big names too. Um, uh, yep, Flegler um, and also Herbie Farmworth moving on. Uh, Brendan Piakura. Now, they, they parted ways with uh, Capewell late in Kurt the offseason. Capewell, yep. So, Kurt Capewell moved to the Warriors. Brendan Piakura will be a a star in the back row for the Broncos this year. I thought he was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Selwyn Cobbo. So, the left side, which includes Ezra Mam, Selwyn Cobbo at centre, uh, whether it's Jesse Arthur or Corey Oates on the wing, Brendan Piakura in the back row, with Reese Walsh involved, they will be a handful. Um, and I think that left left edge of the Broncos will be talked about uh, for most of the season as being yeah. very productive. I'll double down on that with my third takeout from the weekend. I've, and I just wrote down Brisbane star quality. I think there are stars that will be, provided they continue to work hard, and I've got no reason to think they won't. I don't think there'll be complacency. I think they'll rip a second one in a few sides this year, Brisbane, when they have their uh, on game. So Brisbane star quality, um, reinforced by a very first glimpse at them for this year. Yep. Um, now, uh, confirmed not much over a week of trials. Rethink maybe um, about what I was thinking. Uh, Newcastle had a big win over the Sharks, but the Sharks were, were you know, under strength compared to what the, uh, the Knights were, even though they had a number of stars out. Adam O'Brien's got some... Selection headaches. Uh, Cooper made Cooper Cronk uh, came out before the game and said, "I'd have Jack Cogger at half, not Jack- Jackson Hastings." I, I'm off the back of what I saw. Not that I needed confirming to know that Jack Cogger is a, a first grader, a starting first grader. I don't know whether it's Jackson Hastings or Tyson Gamble that makes way for Jack Cogger. I'm not sure which is the best combination. I don't know if Adam O'Brien would know which is the best combination, but he's got some. Uh, well, he's got some decisions to make, and he's also got some decisions to make around the nine, uh, with Jaden Braley, Phoenix Crossland, Riley Jones, who was very good. Uh, so they've got options. Um, he's best thirteen. I'm unsure of at the moment. Uh, question: That's our three takeouts from the weekend. But uh, Hugh from Caringbar on the text says, "Good morning, boys. What do you think of the Raiders' performance on the weekend? Even though it was against an understrength Parramatta side." Uh, we showcase a lot of young talent coming through. I think that can be said too. Um, the, the, you know, there's some players there that outside of the Raiders you know very little about. And this is where it's so hard to gauge because when you've got new young players coming in and they look okay, but they're against other new young players, how are they going to go against established first graders? That's where it's very hard to gauge. So yep. good signs, but I'm going to keep a powder dry on um, the Canberra Raiders because I, uh, I don't have them in my eight. But no, there was some signs of some reasonable depth there. 